Good evening, good evening. My name is Jack Mancini, and I want to welcome you to WINC Radio, 7 p.m. on Wednesday evenings in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio. For one hour, we're going to be talking about small business tonight. And when I say we, I'm talking about my long-term business partner in coaching, business coaching, Adam Sunhalter. And Adam, what do you think about tonight? Is spring here finally or what? Got snow in the forecast, Jack, and that's uh, maybe spring. That's part of being here in Northeast Ohio, which we love so much. You can never be quite sure what you're going to get, 75 degrees and sunny or 27 degrees and snowy. So we get it all here in Northeast Ohio, Jack. But uh, we're happy to be here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Uh, we're here every Wednesday, as Jack said, 7 p.m. Eastern. And we have lots of fun talking about small business stuff. And we appreciate you being here every week, whether you're listening live on the radio here in, in Northeast Ohio or on our podcast. We have a loyal following. And we appreciate you being part of the show as well. And as you always say, you're always welcome to be part of the show. That's right. And there's a couple ways to get a hold of us. You can do it live here in the studio. You can give us a call, 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. Sean is sitting by, not standing by. He's ready to take your phone calls. Good salute, Sean. Very good salute. And that's a good way to get a hold of us. You can email us, radio at MaximumVP.com. Or if you're out tweeting in the world, you can tweet at us. Uh, we got a couple ways there for our company page, or our company handle, excuse me, is at MaximumVP. For uh, for Jack Mancini, you get him at at JackMMVP. And for me, you can get me at Adam Sunhalter. And then we're streaming live online, too. And I was joking with Jack earlier. We had a client yesterday that was talking about we're sitting in his office, and he has a new uh, new setup in his office. And, uh, you know, kind of move the desk around uh, and, and has his computer moved around and stuff. And we're sitting there at his desk and I'm looking over at him. And this client of ours has uh, a similar, similar follow challenge that Jack and I do, uh, which is a fancy way of saying he's kind of bald like us. So in any case, I'm looking at him. And I can I, all I can see over the over the computer monitors, uh, you know, like from his nose up. Right. <laughs> And he joked about the whole thing. How you know a bunch of his buddies used to you know talk about the whole idea of uh, of, of the phrase of Kilroy. Kilroy was here, right? And that's uh, for those of you who've been around for a while, seen that comic strip. It's again the little guy with the nose hanging over the edge and his hands hanging there, right? So if you haven't <laughs> seen that before, it's a good thing to kind of Google. But I was thinking about that. You know, when, when we look online for the for the stream here, I'm kind of the opposite of that. I wave my hands down here. You know, all you can see is kind of from the waist down because <laughs> I'm standing up, and the and we, we we can't adjust the camera. It only stays at a certain don't, level. Don't so. anybody be afraid when you see that. It's all right. Right. So I'm the opposite of Kilroy today, Jack, which is good. Good. So all right. So what are we gonna do tonight? So what are we doing? Well, what are you doing? I don't know. What, well, let me, what are we let doing? Me, let me explain what we're doing. Explain it. First of all, when we when we have our program, we try to highlight our actual client encounters and take the actual events that go on the day before or not the day before but the day after the day after we meet with them so these are actual events that we are coaching clients on and we try to condense them and put them out in the airwaves here and sort of kick them around a little bit and talk about them and and uh, we have try to have fun doing it now we also uh, we, we tend to practice what we preach pretty well uh, we teach marketing to our clients, how to increase their, their sales ultimately. 
And we have to go in for refresher courses on our own volition, so to speak. And we do that. And we just hired a new consultant who is an expert on marketing. And he is, he is helping us kind of uh, redefine what we're doing or at least define what we're doing. You know, you tend to get into ruts. All business owners know the feeling. You start to go down a path and all of a sudden there's a year, maybe two years go by and you're in some bad habits. So we hired this consultant. He seems like a pretty good guy, very knowledgeable. And what we're doing is taking our audience kind of through his process of doing some market research. He clarified that he is not putting together a marketing plan for us. He's doing market research for us. so what we did last week, we, con- we critiqued his outline that he is gathering information about us in a way that's going to help him figure out who we are because we're having trouble figuring out who we are right now. And that's a good <laughs> thing. And all, all small businesses should do that. Wait, are we having an identity crisis, Jack? Is I think a- we are, Adam. I, I honestly think we are. There's a, it's not really a crisis, but it's a frustration. So what we did last week, and we'll continue doing this, he gave us a questionnaire to fill out, and there are 10 points on this questionnaire. And what this questionnaire, again, tries to do is is get inside our heads, pull out stuff, pull out events, pull out activities. That Adam and I have been together for 15 years coaching, so we got a lot of stuff, and we're putting this out there. And we thought we'd share this with you, these 10 points. We thought, as we always do, we could get through them all in one one hour setting here on our Wednesday night, 7 to 8. And as usual, we ended up getting two and a half points covered. So we got seven and a half more points to go. And what I'd like to do is, first of all, read what our consultant gave us to start to hone in on what our marketing activity is and what, what we should really be calling ourselves and how to... How do we get more effective in getting leads ourselves? Let me let me let me let me add a little bit to that, Jack. Uh, I mean, you said we'll often take our own advice. A big part of that is we know that we often need outside help. So this is from the standpoint of of uh, going to a class where we're gonna we're, we're gonna hear some stuff. It's it's having somebody kind of assist us as part of our discussion, knowing that having an outsider coming in to help frame some issues, even if we're asking similar questions we've asked them before. Often uh, revisiting some of those conversations is very helpful, and somebody has a different perspective on that. And part of what we're trying to do is trying to encapsulate. We I mentioned the, the jokingly kind of having an identity crisis. It's really more of a communication in terms of explaining what it is that we do. And we're kind of re- reviewing this as part of our discussions here in the last few days. And you know, we kind of have used a lot of phrases over the years to try to encapsulate that. Just to give you a couple examples, you know, obviously Jack's mentioned numerous times in the show that, that, that we're business coaches. But that doesn't really encapsulate what we do because chances are you, you, you may know some business coaches. It doesn't really differentiate kind of what we do. So we had a phrase early on that we've used and have used for years. It goes, good business made better. Okay, well, that says some stuff. And early on, when we first started doing this coaching thing 15 years ago, many folks assumed that the only people that we worked with were companies that were in trouble. In fact, that wasn't the case, and it's not the case. And the idea of trying to encapsulate that with the idea of, hey, it's good business, it's making them better. is isn't people who are struggling or who are hurting or are about to go out of business. It's, again, it's people who, who, are, who are good and solid doing good things. They're trying to get better at stuff. 
I know one of your favorites over the years, Jack, is 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 using this three-word phrase of train, mentor, and inspire. Again, trying to encapsulate what it is that we do. And we've used this for, for years now, the phrase of helping owners get unstuck from the state of how. And even the birth of this show, Dirty Secrets of Small Business, trying to encapsulate part of what we're, we're going to do to kind of share on here. And, and be able to communicate it in a handful of words. And so we've, you know, that's something we've, we've used over the years, and we've tried to come up with a couple more that we shared, I think, last week. We mentioned the whole idea of trying to help you, help you get your arms around your business. And, again, we're trying to take something that, that you know, even going, you know, from a week ago or 10 days ago, things will often lose their luster real quick. That's and right. And so, so things have to kind of stand the test of time. But how do we kind of communicate that? And so we're trying to talk about that today a little bit as well. Uh, with our guy, and he mentioned uh, uh, we like to, to tease him about his fancy pants words. Well, I'll, get, I'll get into his fancy <laughs> pants in about one minute. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about the idea of, you know, he, he may call us a, a unique selling proposition or a positioning statement. And he mentioned a word about kind of contrarian in terms of how we tend to approach him. So I, I thought it was kind of interesting to kind of think about that. It's good, stimulating conversation. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what we do. We had a record year last year, our, our business, Maximum Value Partners. And we're on track for beating that this year. So we feel that when we're on top, we have to try to get better, try to keep modern, try to keep ideas fresh. And that's why we hired this guy. And we, we kid him because he likes to, he, he comes from a big corporate background. We do too, we've had some big corporation experience, but over the last several years, actually probably decades, uh, we've been dealing with small businesses. And that's, that's our sweet spot. That's what we'd like to do for a variety of good reasons. But uh, what I wanna do is share with our audience these 10 questions that he is asking us to contemplate and fill, fill out. And you, a small business owner, should really, in fact, you should write these down and examine them yourself because they're not easy. Even though you may think it's easy, even though you may think you have a quick, easy definition that of your company that everyone can understand, chances are very good that you don't. And let me share these with you, and, and I'll... I'll I'll pass on the fancy pants terminology. This is big corporate speak kind of talking, but it's absolutely on point. The questions are perfect for, for the exercise at hand. So the first one is, which service offerings seem to get used the most? And how do you facilitate those offerings? That's a question that he is asking us to answer. And we kind of went through that last week and had a good discussion about it. You know, we only have an hour, so we could take an hour on each of these 10. Okay, that's number one. Number two, what is the unique selling proposition for your company and the services cited? Now, we know our audience pretty well. We've been working with them for years, and if ever this is a fancy pants question, Adam, this is the fancy pants question. Unique selling proposition. How many of you folks there who, who run these small businesses have used that com you know that that term to define what it is, what it is that makes you different? How do you differentiate yourself from your competition? That's another way of saying it. a lot of ways to say that and way more ways to think about it. Number three, how do you identify a need for your service with prospects? 
How do you do that? Number four, profile or describe your clients. I thought profiling was illegal, wasn't it, Adam? Or not for marketing? Not for marketing. Oh, okay, that's good. We don't want to get in trouble with anybody. But we didn't talk about that one. Number five, what does a dream client look like? Wow. <coughs> How many of you could answer that quickly and describe it to a, a good T? A good T. I don't know. Just Is that a hot tea or don't iced tea, Jack? <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> don't make me start laughing. We got the giggles tonight, too, so that could arrive right, any You got time. a minute. Let's go. Keep going. Why do you think you can expand? That's number six, by That's the way. That's number six. Number seven, let's talk about groups you are presented to and groups you'd like to speak to. Number, number, wait, I lost my point. Yep. Number eight, topics you'd like to address. Nine, topics your prospect might want to hear. And wrapping this up for number ten. Oops. <laughs> questions about the website. That isn't filled out yet, but we have comments about our website, too. So these are the ten questions that we have to answer in depth and talk about it over the next several weeks, months. And we're excited to do this because it, it refreshes you. It makes you think about your company all over again, just like you started, in our case, uh, over 15 years ago. It's right. fun, and why don't you work these right along with us? All right, we addressed questions one, two, and five last <coughs> week. So if you listen to last week's show, you can get some insight to that. We'll try to address most, if not all, the other seven. We'll see how far we get tonight, Jack. But yeah. Stick, stay tuned no for that. Rush. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are business coaches with Maybe We'll Change That Name with Maximum Value Partners. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. All right. We're back here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, we'd love to have you part of the show. We're talking about marketing in the night. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And, and I am uh, Jack Bencini, sitting be right behind or right in right front next of to or me. somewhere with Adam standing up, as always. There you go. If you want to be part of the show, you got some ideas on what you're doing or comments on what we're talking about here on the marketing front. We'd love to hear from you. 440-946-9468. Number so, four, Adam. You got it, Jack. You're going number four out of the ten. Number four out of the ten. This is questions being asked us to describe our customers, in this case, our clients. We want to profile our clients, describe our clients. So that's the, the what key demographics and psychographics, fancy pants word, but a good one. What psychographics and demographics do we want to focus on? Now, in fairness to our, to our marketing guy, Jack, those are my fancy pants words. No way. The demographic psychographic part is my is fancy pants words. Is that right? It is. Oh, that bullet point with those little Roman numerals there. That, uh, it's all my stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, no wonder it, that sounded fancy pants. That's St. <laughs> Ignatius talk. St. Ignatius is kind of fancy pants, too. It is. I, I got my, my, my word of the day was ruminate. So oh we ruminate on these things. And whenever I have talking more than two syllables, it creates problems for Jack and most of the St. Ed's clients we have. So I understand that. <laughs> so demographics. Dream on. That's right. Demographics, psychographics. <laughs> what, is that, what does that mean when it comes to profiling? Oh, wait, profile is not legal, I thought. And that's what we were just talking about. It's illegal to profile? Well, profile. 
depends on the on the situation when it comes to marketing. I'm not sure how you do marketing without having a profile. A profile understanding. This how comes do you catch the bank robber that uh, can't be can't be described <laughs> can't be right. described after he leaves the bank with a sack of money? Who well, who robbed that bank? I don't even know if you can talk gender, can you? Depends, Jack. Well, you you well, mentioned you're right. It you, you mentioned in the opening about putting together marketing plans and how we kind of do stuff, and that's part of what we're doing. What we teach our clients. So wh what we teach our clients is help understand what exactly marketing is and is not and how it relates to sales. And we're simple guys. And we talk about three main components, targets, message, and channels. So when I hear things like profiling or describing your clients. To me, that's talking about the target part of the marketing, Jack. So who are you looking for? And so usually a good place to start to, to define who you're looking for is to describe and look at who your current clients are. What do they look like? So the best ones, right? Or yeah. all of them? You want to look at all of them, even the worst ones? Well, there, there is a difference between. It depends what you're trying to. Worst. No, it, it depends what you're trying to do. If you're trying to, perhaps purge, that's often a dirty word. You're talking about dirty secrets here, Jack. Well, I think a dirty word can be purging, or firing customers, or firing clients, or profits. Well, profits is dirty too, but that's a different topic here. You know, that's going to lead to profits, as most good things do. Well, I thought we were going to talk about dirty words for a while, oh. but no. no. Well, I'll talk about no, the whole idea of the whole idea of trying to purge or fire <laughs> customers. Most folks will kind of talk about it, mm -hmm. but very few ever do it, because it's one of those things that seems to be, you know, part of the makeup of any owner, is they hate. I don't use that word very often, but they hate getting rid of customers. Or saying no to potential customers. Wait a minute. Even the whole process, Adam, the whole process of, of profiling and identifying your good customers, so often the thought of take a list. You've been in business for five years. List all your customers by, just start with sales, for example. And, you know, list them all. You've probably got hundreds of clients. And... List those customers and rank them by sales dollars and then start to look at them. Here, here, I want new customers. Well, what, what new customers do I want? Well, I want the ones that have been the best for me. Not just sales dollars. That's one way to go. But there are many ways to rank them. And I remember you made out a very good worksheet which showed all the, not all, but uh, a good number of characteristics of what would be a good client based on our best clients. So now we know who the heck we're looking for. So those Roman numerals you're referring to, Jack. Yeah. Those are I've, I've selected some of those off that list. In fact, I've selected XVI of them, or 16. X for those of you Eagles listening. Now wait a minute. How many people know Newman Roman numerals? XVI, 16. <laughs> you know, that's one of the good things the Super Bowl has done for people is it helped teach them about uh, about uh, <laughs> Roman numerals. <laughs> Except for the 50th one. I don't know why they couldn't do Super Bowl L. They weren't losers, but they had Super Bowl 50 instead of with the 5 0 I instead know, of I the think L. They're getting away from that. So I've taken from that list, and again, it's a combination of both demographics and psychographics. And so let me just talk about that for just a second because it, the, the demographics are very simple things, or very, I guess, more tangible things. Like you mentioned gender, Jack, mm -hmm. or age. <coughs> things like that can be, can be um, you know, more demographic type stuff. The psychographics more kind of getting inside their heads a little bit. So things like maybe hobbies or political leanings 
or we use something called DISC, D-I-S-C, for behavior assessments, kind of getting a getting a sense of what's kind of going on. There's different ways to start to kind of understand what's important, and you start to kind of paint a picture of yes. your client base. All of a sudden, you have you have that that target that you're talking about. We know what we're looking for. Here are ten care sixteen characteristics that identify our best clients. Now we want to go out and find more like that. What what better way is there to set up a good market plan? That's the kind of thinking that this exercise of ten questions will do for us. And it works because we've done it before, but we haven't done it for a while. And we have a new mix of clients, so we want to add those clients to the pack, if you will. So it works. It works and it's fun. It really is fun when you start to list and try to uh, place different subjective criteria uh, on a worksheet here and end up coming up with, hey, geez, I didn't think this person would really rank number two or one or whatever it may be. Let me give you, let me give you an example. So if we, if we paint, like Jack said, we, we, we profiled a number of our clients, you know, several dozen of our clients over the years, and several dozen of our best clients. Cause we're, we're trying to create more of those folks. Let me just give you a quick snapshot in terms of some of these demographic and psychographics. Let me paint a little picture Fire for away. you for, for a, a client of ours that looks like. 47 years old. Married. There are about a 6 on a scale of 1 to 10 when it comes to what we define as business acumen. Okay, in terms of kind of being anyway, a business that person. That sounds like a semi, semi fancy fancy word. Yeah. So we try to give them a grade in terms of how good are they in terms of a business person. What's acumen mean? Acumen, kind of expertise in terms of their, their strength and the, their knowledge and ability within a certain area. Oh, okay. Something they've learned through their 20 years on life or on well, earth. When it, when it comes to our, <laughs> yeah, we, we look at the world in terms of three circles. That's right. right. In terms okay. of business. And you've got product and service is one circle. Marketing and sales is another. And administration is the other. So typically our clients are very good at the product or service. It's the marketing and sales and the administration piece of the business. That's the business side and what, what we'll define as more of the business acumen. Okay. So they're usually they're right about in the middle there. Okay. They are, from our DISC standpoint I talked about before, it's a pretty even mixture between D's and I's and S's and C's. It's, it's pretty even. So there isn't one that kind of jumps out there. Most people often will think that entrepreneurs are more D styles, that driving dominant demanding types and what, what our... Uh, research in terms of what we find and, and define as a good client doesn't really matter we've got clients who are good and all and all it's almost exactly equal of 24 percent 24 percent 25 and 27 percent so i mean it's pretty darn equal in terms of uh, breaking out what you know, what their what their styles are like the majority of them are b2b about 75 percent are more business to business versus business to consumers the average number of employees is seven. It's a pretty even mixture between single ownership and multiple ownership. It's about half and half in terms of what we have clients that have multiple owners versus uh, ones that are single owners. They've been in business on average for 10 years, and their average annual sales are a million dollars. Is that all? Boy, it seems more. Well, that's, that's the ones who have been with us for a while, and we've been coaching, so... Their sales are more. Well, oh. yeah, when we, when we start them, that's, okay, that's a good profile. Well, that's, okay, that's a good point, Jack. That's, that's the sales when, when starting coaching. Correct. So, because uh, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for folks 
So what I've done here in the last couple of minutes is I've, I've painted a little picture for everybody listening in terms of here, you can see and touch and, and get a sense for what that person looks like. Okay? And it's a certain characteristics where you can kind of, you can see them. And here we are on the radio, and I, I know one of the key things with, with folks on radio is they want to know who they're talking to. And quite often they'll have a photograph of somebody. So if their target market is a 52-year-old female, whatever it might be, they may have a photo there. So they know when they're talking into the microphone, I'm talking to that person. Keep that, you know, keep that in mind. It's a good idea, and that's very true. Yeah, to, to have that visual locked in your mind, it helps. It helps express certain points that make your communication more enhanced. No question about it. So what you want to be able to do is you want to, b to be able to recognize when somebody is a great potential client for you. And we just had this discussion a few days ago. Uh, we introduced a couple of our clients, which is often the case. We'll often introduce our clients to each other, especially if they can help each other. And got rave review reviews from both of them. They really, they really enjoyed it. And the one client of ours said, hey, this is a perfect referral for us. You know, the guy, the, the, you, know, the guy you introduced to is just, just fantastic. I mean, he's, he, yeah, I couldn't have drawn up a, a, a more perfect introduction to the kind of person I'm looking to meet. And if, we, if somebody were to introduce us to somebody like this, Jack, that I'm talking about here, that, that, that I've just profiled, it'd be absolutely perfect, perfect for us. That's right. That's and, right. you know, we kind of know when we see it. Uh, but to be able to, to see it, kind of try to explain that is a very, very key to be able to profile that stuff. So that's question four. I don't know if we, we're done with that yet, but we have to hit a break here real quick. Jack, we'll come back yep. and maybe we'll finish up on this or, or go on to number back to number three or jump ahead somewhere we'll see where it goes but stay tuned for that i'm adam sunhalter and i'm jack mancini and we are working the questionnaire tonight all right stay tuned for more dirty secrets of small business on integrity radio wint 1330 am 101.5 fm and online at wintradio.com i see your sister in a sunday dress All right, we're back at it here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Welcome back, welcome back. Uh, thank you for being part of the show. We're here live every every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, my name is Adam Sonhalter, and as always, we have tons of fun here, and the show always goes by fast. So we've spent some time uh, following up on our discussion last week on marketing plans, and we touched on three of the ten questions that we've been working through last week, and we just touched on one of the Hey, wait the a minute, who questions. else is here? I'm waiting for, oh. Here hey. I am. I was having an identity Not crisis, even Jack. on TV. Holy crap. You're on you that Ustream. You can get Ustream. a stream to see what two, well, one good-looking guy, the other guy we're only seeing his belt buckle. So I can dance around. You can see you him got a nice belt shaking, buckle, though. shaking the hips and ready to kind of go. That's right. Go on, Adam. So we Sorry covered. That's all right. So we covered We covered a, a fourth kind of question in our in our last segment. Actually, it was number five, or actually it was number four. I'm sorry, number four on our thing, on our list, of about profiling. And kind of know what a good customer looks like. So I don't we know if got you had that one nailed. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that, uh, like you say, we could describe the perfect client with the, the worksheet that Adam has put together to literally list these characteristics of what is a good client for us. And it's not guesswork. It's reality. And that's the point. You want to have that. And we'd like to find more of those targets. And we could add a few more characteristics, should we desire, but we know who we're looking for. That's let me, helpful. Let me throw out question number six here, Jack. I, th I find this a pretty interesting question, which is why do you think you can expand? So we got a business base right now showing X dollars. 
and X products and X clients. So we think we can get more of those dollars and clients and products. We think we can do that. So you're asking the question, why do we think we can? Yeah, I think that's a good question for, for most owners. I think they'll often hear a, a very common phrase out there, Jack, is the idea that if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, what a bunch of nonsense that yeah, is. Wow. But it's still, you're right. It's, a, it's, it's common, common. common out there. Come back to the, the contrarian side that I mentioned in the, in the first segment, Jack. We have to take a different look at things. And the growth can mean a lot of things, but people usually refer to that more as kind of growing sales. The idea is taking more, taking on more customers, more clients, um, you know, growing your team. It's not not unusual where we'll sit down with clients and kind of you know, almost kind of say, hey, s- slow down, stop the madness, even maybe take a step back at times. And a reason being is to answer this, this very question, which is they aren't ready to expand. The foundation isn't there to allow the growth. And that's, I think it's part of, as I first read this question, Jack, that's part of what, what kind of struck me. It's okay, well, you know, wh- why do you think you, you can expand? There's some bigger picture questions, it's the things that we talk to our clients about as well. If you look at the market that you're in, okay, so, if, so in our case, we feel it's a pretty sizable potential market. If we look here just in the United States, which is where we are right now across the U.S., there are about 25 million companies and in the small, U.S. Small businesses. That small bi- there's 25 million small businesses, depending on whose who's, uh, analysis, be it the Small Business Administration of the federal government or different trade groups. But we, we've accepted the fact that there's 25 million, million small businesses. And so if we take that profile that we just kind of laid out in the prior segment, Jack, and we overlay that with the 25 million companies. Well, we're not going to have 25 million companies that fit that profile, but you better believe there's going to be several million that do. That's right. So we take very good comfort in knowing, hey, there's a there's a pretty sizable market in terms of folks out there that fit that profile of the size and type of companies that we tend to work well with and that we tend to help quite a bit. So we feel pretty good about the overall the overall uh, market that's there. Where there's there's plenty for 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 folks to 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 to, to kind of come in there and be able to help to kind of do it. Well, we we have a a current client, and like like we said at the beginning of the show, we like to discuss current activity with our with our clients without mentioning names, of course. But uh, this this company had some very rocky early years, couple of years where they were losing money. They started to get some business and they took off and they made money one year and then the next money or next year they lost money because they were moving so fast hiring people grabbing business they weren't ready to to cost things right they weren't ready to set selling price right and sure enough they started to lose money again so we slowed them down basically and said look this is where you want to be right now can you achieve this this these targets of a couple of million in sales and, and commensurate profit with that. And sure enough, we slowed down, we focused, and we made that. Now this year, we've increased those numbers pretty good. And we were in the office the other day with this client, and he is now looking at being able to, to increase his sales tenfold with what, you know, with what he has going right now. 
And to Adam's point, we said, wait, 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 wait a minute. We are not ready. The foundation is not ready to jump that fast, that hard. We're going to be right behind the eight ball again in a bigger way than we were before. So let's make it a smaller number that we're after, that one we'll, we, we have high probability of achieving. Slow growth, build the in infrastructure, prove out your key employees, do those things that we could call blocking and tackling if you're a football person. You could see the metaphor here. And basically, we can become a good, slow-growth company and when we're ready to explode upward, profitably even more so, we'll be in a position to do that. So that's one, just one simple example. It's a good example, Jack, of, of how this applies to, to clients. We have many more examples like that. And as we try to apply it to ourselves, we're trying to figure out you know, what makes us feel that what we do is going to be able to stand out. We feel that our, our team approach... When, when folks hire MVP, the Maximum Value Partners, they get two coaches, not just one. They're both in this room? There are two coaches in this room, that's correct. That's right. So that's a bit unique. <laughs> and it's unique from the standpoint that you've got two folks who are there helping you who have different backgrounds, different styles, different approaches and stuff. And it also makes it very, I'll use another kind of fancy pants word here, Jack, sustainable. Oh, boy. Okay. And what I mean when I say that is, you know, you know, Jack, I know a lot of other business coaches out there. And in fact, many of them are kind of individuals, one-off uh, individuals. And we're amazed at how many of them can survive for a number of years because to, to, to truly run and grow and operate a business coaching practice, it takes time to not only deliver the product or service, but to go out there and market and find new ones, to be able to administer it from... Uh, finding different resources to, 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 to building and everything else. There's a lot to it. And to be on your own doing that can be very, very taxing. To be able to, to meet with four, five, six clients during the course of a day, maybe have a few other meetings during the day, it can be very draining and very difficult to kind of keep up with, with, with what's going on. And so it becomes very difficult to sustain that. Jack and I, as he said, we've been doing this for over 15 years now together. And it's a big deal to have that having the two of us is a big reason why it's been that sustainable. There aren't many business coaching firms that have been around for that long. Most folks will tend to burn out or go get, you know, go do something else. It, it, it's hard no, to, it's, it's so to do hard. what we've seen. You're right. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's impossible for everybody to show up with their A game every day. Well, we, we do collectively. It's rare that we're both down. And, you know, we can collaborate. We can stay current on things. We, we can stay fresh. And we work these, these programs, the one that we're talking through now with these questions, and we debate and we go away for three or four or five days in, in the springtime and do a little planning. We, we go down to... Uh, the Cleveland Indians baseball minor league, or not minor league, but spring training. And it's a great, great atmosphere, especially with these crazy Cleveland winners. And it, it, it's just uh, two, two people, if you can get along, and we've been able to get along very well. We've been together more than most people are married. So that says quite a bit. And we've been very effective, and our backgrounds are such where, you know, we can just deliver a great product so and have fun doing it. Yeah, and we know, you know, we're part of a, a, a business coaching alliance for a number of years. We know there are a lot of good business
business coaches out there, but there are many of them that, that just want to do the coaching part of it. They don't want to deal with the other business side of stuff. And so we know we've got that base out there we can tap into. One of our biggest challenges, as you might imagine, is what we've talked about in terms of trying to find ways to market and grow beyond word-of-mouth referrals and the website and getting things out there. And that's why we've engaged. We were actually going through, through, through the list earlier today. I think we misquoted or misspoke last week, Jack. I think we may have said we had a maybe half a dozen or eight people. Actually, um, our, our, our newest consultant makes 14 people, 14 different marketing professionals in, in different shapes, sizes, that we've engaged over the 15 years we've, we, we've been in business. What, what we're giving you with these 10 questions and our insight is the collective experience of, of those 14 people plus, plus a lot of other experience uh, situations and, and different, situa- yeah, different situations that we've pretty much encountered. So 14 people getting good marketing advice for a small business, which this is what we are, is very difficult, and you really have to be cerebral. You got to put time into it to understand it. We're giving you some quick and easy tips tonight to get yourself at least pulled together to look and have a chance at getting some good marketing programs put in. But it's not easy, folks. It just is not easy. Nobody has that magic wand to uh, wave over us. And what our experience shows with with the small business owners is uh, often two two results happen. Uh, one is they just give up because it can be very challenging on the marketing front uh, and frustrating. And again, we used to have hair when we first started doing this. We've kind of pulled it all out going through all our marketing stuff, Jack. And it can be very very tough that way. And so if I didn't know I was bald. If it's if it's frustrating, if it's frustrating, you often may want to kind of give give up. Or they'll oversimplify this. And so over the years, I, I know Jack and I joke about this. We, we've heard folks say, hey, you, you know what you need, Jack? All you need is a brochure. Or or all you need is sales. Well, that. But, or they say, hey, you know what? Here's the answer for what you need to do from a marketing standpoint. Write a book, go on the speaking tour, and uh, get a good PR person. That's right. That's no. all. Ta- and, and so the, the, they'll try to encapsulate things very quickly and say, here it is. Here's all you need. And I know many of you out there, especially the small business world, have heard this this word. It's almost it's a simple word, not a not, not a fancy pants word, Jack. Content. It's kind of an evil. It's almost like a, it's not a four letter word, but it sounds like a four letter word. Hey, all you need is more content. That's for the use of social networking, primarily. Well, not really, but you know that that's mostly where it's come to the forefront. Well, it's getting stuff out there. Come back to the whole idea of having to, to kind of write a book. Used to be a big deal writing a book because you had to go to a publisher and somebody had to publish it and everything else. In the last fifteen or twenty years, is there's this whole self-publishing thing that's kind of happened, where I don't need to go to a publisher and have you know have one of the top publishers, a Simon Schuster, kind of go through and actually stamp the approval, print the thing out, and and publish it. I can go publish my own book. So what does that mean? Well, you know, we can, you can have misspellings on the front page, <laughs> and you, know, you can have content that really sucks, but you got a book, so you got one of those three points taken. That's right. All content's not created equal. There's a lot of bad content out there. All right. Well, if, if you're on cable TV and, and you're making the rounds, then you need a book because most people who make appearances are there to, to peddle their book. Yes, they are. So you need that book, and, and a PR person probably set most of them up, right? That's right. All right. Well, let's, we're up against it for our next break. Let's see how many more of these questions we get to in our last segment coming up here, Jack. So stay tuned for some more of our, our marketing questions. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini.
Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, com. All right, welcome back. We're back here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. And just to give you another flavor of what we're all about, and Sean gets this. Guns and Roses for me, ELO is for Jack. Coming in with one, going out with the other, it's all good stuff. That's we have a good way, range. That's the way it goes. And that, that, right. g- that gives you a sense about the, the, the range that we have, not only in our, in our musical taste, but also in what we could do from a coaching so we're standpoint. All, there's, there's nothing impossible for us. Nothing. All right. All right so so we got wait a minute. We're on number four yet, or are we past on number four? We did number four already. What do you mean? That was uh-huh. a profiling. Oh. Number three. We haven't done number three yet, Jack. What did we just finish? We just finished number six. That's right. Okay. So what's number three? Number three, how do you identify a need for your service with prospects? How do you identify a need? So we have seen a lot of people, it it applies more to startups, where they're all revved up about their product. It's a great product. They talk to their family and friends and a few professors somewhere, and they basically get the okay that, hey, this is a great product. They haven't tested it thoroughly. Like, hey, it's a great product with your friends and family, but who's going to go buy it, right? Uh, If you don't know that answer, you're probably destined for wasting a lot of money and eventually wrapping up your business, at least for this time. And that's one of the reasons that so many small businesses don't make it out of the chute. They're usually out of business by a year or two. And it's things like that that put them behind the eight ball, and it's difficult, if not impossible, to recover. All right. So like many questions, it can be interpreted in different ways. So Jack gave one little take on it in terms of, like, maybe from a startup standpoint. <laughs> so look at the look at our, our, our customers. We're in business for 10 years on average, Jack. <laughs> We've been in business for 15 years. This is talking about, uh, when I read the first word, this, if I'm sitting across from somebody or somebody reaches out to me as a prospect, so they've come into contact w- with my business. And one thing we know for sure, Jack, and when it comes to small business, the number one way, number one way that people get new leads for their business is what? Referrals. Referrals. Right. Oh, absolutely. Word of referral. mouth referrals. and For that, a small, unknown business. You got it. That's, that's, right. what, that's what we're talking about. That's us. That's our clients. That's the majority of the 25 million small companies here in the U.S. are unknown. And so word of mouth and referral often comes from delivering an A1 quality product or service and the way that they do what they do. So often what happens, if somebody's coming to you by a word of mouth referral, if they're coming in, they're, if they're walking in the door, if you have a retail location, if they're calling you on the phone, if they're texting you, if they're emailing you, however, however it is that, that they come to you by way of referral, they've already kind of raised their hand and almost, uh, I'll use that term, self-identified themselves. Hey, I've done some research on you, Jack, or I got, you know, I got my, you know, my friend Joe over here has told me that, 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 that you and I should, should talk. So there's a very warm introduction where all of a sudden it's... That's the best way to do it. Yeah, it's not yep. like I'm, I'm trying to craft something. You know, your example is one way, Jack. We're trying to guess totally from a startup standpoint. I don't have anything to kind of go off of. But you know, if, I, if I've been around for a while, I'm trying to say, okay, well, if I want to blast something out there to be able to try to, again, identify a need, what am I kind of putting out there? What's that message I'm, you know, I'm going to put out there? And for us, when we look at this, again, we're much like, other unknown small companies where referrals and word of mouth is about two-thirds of our business. And so we have an initial conversation with somebody. 
to be able to identify a need for our service. Well, we have a certain way that we approach somebody and talk with them. It isn't a three-minute conversation of, hey, tell me what you got, Jack. It's a very different kind of conversation mm. in terms of how we go about having a discussion and, and being able to approach them. And so that, that's our business. Our business is a, is a service, a very, a very personal service from that standpoint where we get very intimate where nothing's off limits when it comes to our clients. And so we take time to get to know them, have them get to know us. That's part of that process as we're getting to know each other, and that, that opens up the ability to, to identify what's kind of going on. I think that answers that question more properly, doesn't it? Yes, it does. To um, identify that need, how do we do it? That's, yeah, that's one big way that we do it. So There's no question. So some folks may not be able to do that. You know, some folks, and we, we have a lot of clients like this, Jack, that, that, that will may, maybe deal with some bigger customers, and it can often be a little more kind of hands-off type stuff. And they'll do things like putting out RFPs or RFQs, you know, the, the, the request for proposal or request for quotes, where it's, again, it's not that intimate kind of discussion. It's not really trying to form a partnership per se. It's really, again, they're kind of keeping it more at arm's length type thing. And so being able to identify a need for your service, okay, usually it's maybe, maybe it's there in the quote and you're trying to spin your, 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 uh, your abilities or what you offer to kind of put it towards them. Well, we determine that need, like you say, with a sit-down. I mean, that's one of the biggest ones. Um, I mean, nothing is, is more effective for us when we have an opportunity to sit down one-on-one -on -one with somebody who is a potential target or is a target. And generally, we can, we can certainly identify, after a brief talk with them, the need for our services. And if so... And if we've targeted that client right, chances are it's going to come together. And if we have a warm referral in the process, I think our hit rate is, is well over 80%, that's for sure. And so small business owners can do the same thing. Well, yeah, I was saying, coming back to the, the, that one dirty word we used in the, in, the, in the last segment, Jack, about content. content. You know, one of, the, one of the, um, the side effects of having all this technology out there where we've got everything from websites and social media and all these other kind of things where I can check you out before I reach out to you. I can search for you, know, for you, for your company, for what you do, and I can spend a few minutes or a few hours investigating what, kind of, you know, what it is that you do. And chances are if I've done that and then I actually go out to reach out to you, well, chances are, again, I've, I've been doing a lot of research, Jack, so I've kind of almost qualified myself a little bit, or, I've, again, I've identified, hey, I think I see what you have here. So if you've communicated pretty well what it is that you do or you're able to kind of cut to the heart of what issues you solve or pains you solve or what pleasures you kind of bring to somebody in terms of what you, in terms of what you do, they see themselves in, with, in, in how you describe what's kind of going on. And so it's being able to articulate and encapsulate that in the message of here's we, what it is that we, we do. We, we understand that. And one of the, the big objectives here that we're trying to establish with our with our counselor here of, of uh, marketing research and other activity as he's profiling us is what does that take I mean what what do we have to do what what do we have to do to make a simple what they like to say elevator pitch how do we do that how do we encapsulate what we do 
very difficult, very elusive, and it's just not for us. It's for almost any small business. So we're going to be encapsulated in a little pill. If you can we take can your MVP it. vitamins every day. That's what do you think, right. Jack? I think that's a wonderful idea, Adam. I honestly, I, I do. So I we're think being that's one of the best ideas that's come up tonight. <laughs> so we being wait. You said the he's profiling us. He's profiling so us. We're absolutely. being profiled, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think many of us are being profiled we don't even know about. There's been a lot of hubbub in the news lately about Facebook and what's kind of going on with information and profiles that are being created online and sharing information that we all have profiles somewhere. We're all being profiled somewhere, somehow, and people are doing this. People are doing this to us now. Yeah, even though we're, we're signing off on privacy statements and all the... I, did you read your last 32-page uh, privacy statement? Of course not. I'd scroll what down to find, the agree, uh, to find the agreed statement so I get to what I want to do, <laughs> right? It's like, it's like almost everybody else out there, Jack. They, they, they do it that way for a reason. Who wants to read through all that stuff? It's like going through the contracts and you're signing. Like, you know, hey, just you know, g- give me my stuff. So I'm going to go through all this paperwork and, and read this stuff. The company that did that now has something to wave in front of the judge in a court hearing, right? Yes, hey, they do. Hey, we told, we told Adam, here's the document, 32 pages, and he signed it. He said he read it, and why should we disagree or not believe him? Here's my point, Jack. Part oh, of what we okay, do... I'm getting off on a No, no, it's okay. I always <laughs> bring it back. We talked about earlier about having kind of big corporate backgrounds and experience, as does our, our marketing guy. We, we, we have a sense how that world works. And so... A lot of what we do is we take a lot of those big corporate things and put them through a sieve, a strainer, right? And kind of strain out the, the, the key elements to it to help bring it down to the small business folks. In terms of here's the key parts you got to focus on. So you got some of these big folks that are doing this stuff. You as a smaller company, us as a smaller company, we can, we can start to use this kind of data too. That's right. So to create that kind of profile, so we're doing a much better job. So we aren't doing the shotgun, spreading stuff all over the place, but more of that rifle type focus that laser focus we're going to be able to pinpoint because like everybody else we have limited time and resources we aren't going to spend a billion dollars getting the word out there we're going to try to target it so it's very well targeted to the people we're trying to get to with a very honed down message and through channels that make the most sense for us you know if we had a billion dollars everyone in the world would know us isn't that something isn't that how it works it's like sure. politicians try to raise so much money to get reelected. good we'll thing it's not our goal jack it's okay we'll do that another day yeah, we're not in the we're on the we're on the in the business of getting everybody to know us. We want to get the right people to know about us, uh-huh. and find out about us in the right way. Now wait a minute, I didn't say that was our target. I said that was a target. I know. I'm glad it's not our target. Oh, okay. All right. Is that all we got for so your marketing what time now? Is it? We got we got a minute <laughs> left, Jack. So we're, we're we're up against it. We we got through another so we got handful through six of questions. Of yeah. So we got through six of the ten, and they kind of tie together a little bit. Things that we kind of went through. So. We reviewed those. If you, if you, if you needed to, to review them again, what you can do is you can go back on the archive section of the, the WINT radio show. You can go, go to iTunes and subscribe to our show. You can hear not only this week's show, but also uh, last week's show as well to kind of get back and hear some more details about this. So I want to thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. If you want to get a hold of us between, uh, between shows, you can do that uh, by emailing us at radio at MaximumVP.com or you can give us a call at 877 877- Eight four nine zero six seven zero. Hey, learn more dirty secrets of small business next Wednesday, seven p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT thirteen thirty a.m., one hundred one five FM, and online at wintradio.com. <laughs>